You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respective video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936-647-3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images. Welcome back. Morning's Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. I'm Skippy. He's Dick. We're in the 10 o'clock hour. That's our talk block. That's where we get nitty gritty and talk about some topics that may be not quite as fluffy as the first couple of hours, but by golly, they'll be engaging and entertaining. Wouldn't you say, Dick? Yeah. Yeah, right. We need more coffee. Coffee generously sponsored by Conroe Coffee House yes, across sir. the way. They rock. I'm just, I'm loaded up here. I'm caffeinated. I'm ready to rock and roll this third hour, Dick. Special thanks to them and also our morning surprise guest, Holly. Yeah, it was great having so. her in here. And we found out all lot interesting things about nurses, nursing, Holly, and of course, Dick. And yeah, of course. I've been making some notes. So uh, when prank time comes, I am fully loaded. Music bumpered by the Romantics today. The song's called Talking in Your Sleep. And that's pretty much the only hit they had. Actually, they were a two-hit wonder. They also did uh, What I Like About You. What I Like About You. Yeah, that was that was them as well. But uh, at the top of the hour, you know, we uh, have to do like a station identification. And earlier we were talking about how horror movies have, have affected us. And... To this day, I can't hear a station identification without flashing back to the uh, John Carpenter movie, The Fog, the original one. Okay. Um, because there's a bit where uh, Adrian Barbeau is listening to a, a tape deck of all these, you know, bumpers. You're listening to KCEH, San Antonio Bay. And it's over and over. And as she's listening, it gets you know worse and worse. And then the ghosts start talking instead. Um, so it morphs into that. So every time I hear a station break, I'm thinking, you know, the monsters are going to come out and start taking over the airwaves. The fog. Great movie. One of the best endings ever. She, uh, uh, John Carpenter seems to have a, a knack of knowing how to end a movie. You know, Prince of Darkness, The Thing, The Fog, you know, makes you go, whoa, one last oomph. That wasn't as schmaltzy as, you know, like the Friday the 13th ending with Jason popping out. What about Jason X? <laughs> the 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 Jason movies kind of went along the veins of like the Lethal Weapon movies. Lethal Weapon, the first one was awesome. You know, perfect. Viet- it's it's the best movie ever made. Buddy cop movie, but with that Vietnam vet PTSD anti buddy movie twist to it, which was great. The second movie, you could tell they had a lot of fun making it because it made it on the screen. By the third movie, it was all in jokes. And by the fourth movie, I just it was it was nearly painful. And 
became so generic that uh, one of the Die Hard movies, the one where Bruce Willis is stuck in New York with, I think, Samuel Jackson as a cab driver. Yeah, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, that was originally written as a Lethal Weapon movie that didn't sell. So the writer just kind of changed a couple of the names and made it a, a Die Hard movie instead. So that's how generic it, it came. It, be, it became. To just where you could just change, you know, the the lead characters, and you had a. Whole I think a lot of movies guys. had that because during that time you had the main action heroes. You had Arnold Schwarzenegger because mm-hmm. I think that's where Commando came from too. Right. Yeah. The, uh, the script for Commando was another movie written for a Die Hard movie, right, or something like that. I, I remember reading something about that, and and a lot of them were like spec scripts. That, yeah. You know, you'd write for, for another franchise. Which, I mean, Commando in the end just it, it benefited everybody. And uh, I can't imagine anyone else but Schwarzenegger playing or John Matrix. Be, be, John Matrix. The character's name is John Matrix. Right. And the movie was perfect. <laughs> Sorry about that. The movie was perfectly made that you got exactly what that movie needed. I can't imagine any part of it not being part of that movie. I just like seeing him be a dad to Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano. Like that, Young that, Alyssa that, Milano. That whole intro montage. Like, mm-hmm. Because you know when they wrote the script, there's more dialogue. But when they tagged on Arnold Schwarzenegger, whoever was smart goes, we can't give him this much dialogue. Like, he can't interact with his daughter all the time with with conversation. So let's just do a just B-roll intro with him just being the best dad, like playing with her, showing her in nature, taking her to get ice cream. I mean, that classic scene, I wanted – this is where I wanted to spend money on stupid stuff. I wanted to buy The Frame. Of when he had ice cream on his nose and he's at the park or at the, like mm-hmm. somewhere in the mountain, you know, mountain ice cream shop and she's laughing and he's like, <laughs> like with the ice cream on his nose. Perfect. And I wanted to get the the frame actually from the film and get that framed. And I'm going to I'm going to work on getting that for you. So because that intro scene, you see so much in so little time. And it's like whoever needs to take a film class, they need to watch Commando and figure out how it's made. Because that movie went from like 50 miles an hour to 100 Right at the beginning. Right. And uh, I think you kind of nailed it with Schwarzenegger. They knew what they had and, you know, what his strengths are. And dialogue is not one of them. You know, I just can't see him ever doing Hamlet in English. Uh, he could do an awesome Austrian version of it. But it's like when Terminator first was being written, he was cast originally as Kyle Reese, you know, the hero. Yeah. And he's the one that told Cameron, you know, you know, um, my English might not be good enough for that to, to carry the movie. Let me be the bad guy instead. And then, of course, he got his wish over time where he could eventually sort of kind of become a good guy. But it wouldn't be interesting to see that Terminator with Schwarzenegger's Kyle Reese. Because, you know, we see these movies where actors are hired and then halfway through they're replaced or something or they don't get it. Like we were talking about Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future a while back. It would have been a completely different movie. Um Tom Selleck was originally cast as Indiana Jones. He was going to be Indiana Jones. They wouldn't let him out of his Magnum PI contract long enough, so they gave it to Harrison Ford and had to rewrite the character. Indiana Jones originally was supposed to be, you know, cigar-chomping, two six-guns, barrel-chested Tom Selleck. And can you imagine the Raiders of the Lost Ark it would have been with Tom Selleck? Completely... there's a TV show called Fringe where they have an alternate universe. Yeah. Like in, in this alternate universe, West Wing is still going on with the black president. They had an episode where you saw it uh, on, a, on a bus stop, the, the poster for it. Now in its 11th season, the West Wing. Um, 
so you have these alternate realities. It would be great to see think that in that alternate reality, you've got Schwarzenegger as Kyle Reese and Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones. I, I think they could still do it, though. I mean, they're going to remake all those they movies. They remake everything else, for crying out loud. So, let's, let's do that. I mean, if, it make, if it's making money, it's making money, and they're mm. going to keep doing it. What do you think in your mind is the worst remake idea so far? I would say Point Break, that you've actually seen the remake. I... Barely made it through the first one. I hated it so hard. Are you serious? Hard. Yeah, I hated Catherine that movie. Bigelow? With, I hated the movie with the vengeance. Why? He throws his badge in the water at the end. Oh, come on. Like, he shoots his gun in the air, which is like, okay. you don't do that. You don't, because they they come down. You know, the bullets come down, people. Uh, oh, uh, this perfect. Is, this is to my neighbors who like to celebrate on New Year's Eve. The bullets come down. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Um, oh, that's great. That's Johnny <laughs> football. <laughs> but, or Johnny Utah. Yeah. But. But I just let's extend that movie another five minutes. You throw your badge in the ocean, and then you go to get your stuff from the police station because you, you just— Where's your badge? Yeah, you got to turn your gun in your badge. Well, I it's just threw it in the water. The, why? It the, was— uh, The sea has it. Yeah, the sea has it. Because Why did you throw it in the ocean? Because it was uh, a metaphor. So he gets charged well, money it's, for the it's badge. Also, well, it's one of those things that you, you will always wish in these movies that are ridiculous. And I wish they wrote a character in it that is kind of an observer character whose sole purpose is to reflect the reality of everything. So he's there, and he's like, come on, Johnny. Like, this is getting a little weird. This is getting a little weird. My friend, they your wish has been answered. It's called Last Action Hero. No, no, no. Um, Yeah, Last Action Hero. Yeah? Uh, Schwarzenegger movie. It's this kid in our real world worships Schwarzenegger movies and gets this magic ticket stub that he ends up in a Schwarzenegger movie. And so all the all the tropes, like he's trying to convince Schwarzenegger, you're you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're not Jack, you know, Danger, whatever the character's name is. Um, this is a movie, and uh, I, Schwarzenegger's not believing it for the longest time until the kid starts pointing out, you know, it's, I'll be back, what do you have to say about that? I knew you were going to say that. and it, But it's every trope, and Schwarzenegger the action hero comes into our world. And so he's like chasing the bad guy. And so he's like shoots a gas tank and the car doesn't explode and he doesn't get it. He's like, the car should have exploded. And why am I out of bullets? You know, and the kid is there to say, this is, you know, in reality, yeah. the guns don't magically reload. You're not given 24 hours by the police captain. You know, you are fired. Um, so yeah, if you have not seen last action hero, check it out. It's bad, but it's so bad that it's good. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. You know, this is bad. Well, the Power Glove. Uh, you're listening to Lone Star in the mornings. Mornings with Lone Star. We're going to take a quick break. Call in 936-647-3776 or visit MW Lone Star on Facebook. This is the talk portion of the show. So stick around. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936 Conroe C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. 
And we're back. Mornings with Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. I'm Skippy. He's the other Hello. one. Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's us. We're here every weekday morning from 8 to 10 doing music. And then from 10 to 11, uh, we podcast our talk show portion, The Nitty Gritty. Right. Now, so welcome back. We haven't gotten so nitty or gritty. We're talking about Last Action Hero, Schwarzenegger movies, although you had a brilliant well, idea for a Schwarzenegger I movie. Did. I did. Uh, basically, if you're listening and you take my idea, I'm very upset, but at least you're one step closer of actually making it, so you can take it. Because uh, they'd have to pay the rights to all Yeah, the they have people. to do... Well, I mean, it's one of those movies where you look at all the characters through his acting career and how wonderful they all are individually. And I said, well, what, you know, they always make these fringe kind of movies where the universes or the multiple universes collide. And so we do it and all of Arnold's characters are on one planet and just they all have to solve an issue. So all the Schwarzeneggers have to... Join forces, and we're talking every single Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jingle Conan, All the Way, Johnny Conan, Matrix. Yes, John Matrix, uh, End of Days. Uh, I mean, there's so many movies. Kindergarten Cop, Kindergarten Cop, Collateral Damage, all his new stuff, and it uh, it'd be great. And Mr. Was he? He was Mr. Universe, wasn't he? Or Mr. Olympia? One one of those bodybuilding. See, that's for real. What, it has he, to be fictional stuff. Well, it does he? He could be like the main, the one that oversees all of them. So the original Schwarzenegger, who is like, Mr. Universe. Because you could already write the scene when they all meet for the first time, and they have to come together and figure out a plan to do X. And so you can imagine the uh, the dinner table where they're you know all trying to come up with the idea, and they all have their opinions, and like one's like, let's just shoot a rocket at it. And then the other guy's like, no, that's going to hurt all the family. It's a collateral damage. And then the, the I, I'm trying to figure out if he's ever been in a movie that he has that accent besides his normal accent. I don't think that's possible. I mean, I, I know there was one movie where they actually dubbed him, but I can't remember. But that same that's scene, Hercules. Is that, Her- Her- that Hercules in New York. Yeah, that's, that's it. Um, but that same scene, they could end. If you remember the, uh, the 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 Dan Aykroyd movie where they're going doctor, 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 they oh. could have Arby back, Arby back, Arby back, the, the uh, junior, junior with yeah. Danny DeVito, and, and, and they, they were also. In, Twins, weren't they? Yeah, and in and the, and the, and the movie Twins, and they were in Junior. Junior, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're two movies together. I mean, and I'm telling you, The Predator, Total Recall, there's so many <laughs> different Predator. types of Arnold Schwarzeneggers. But what would be great about the movie is if you're a huge fan of Schwarzenegger movies, that's the the uh, Easter egg, is the way you write it so creatively, it's you don't know which one's which. They don't just throw it in your face. So Because you can kind of say that The Predator, Total Recall – uh, and like three or four other movies is kind of the same. There's nothing to really distinguish the difference between them. Mm-hmm. So in the movie, you write it in the way of like when they talk about their past or they talk about other characters are in the world, you kind of get it where it's like, oh, that's the guy from Total Recall. That's that Total Recall. That's uh, that's Quaid. Quaid. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and then Dutch from Predator. Man, see, this is so great. You could do it with uh, Keanu Reeves too. Do I have to? I would like to. Keanu Reeves is probably my favorite actor. I'm like, I'm just going to say it right now. I'm oh, not okay. ashamed. I, I liked you so, so much. And then uh, Expendables, so he's also in Expendables. Well, here's the thing about Keanu Reeves. Um, he's been in some amazing movies with amazing actors, and I will admit held his own. A Devil's Advocate being one of them. He held his own against Pacino, I believe. But Especially that end scene where he's just talking back to his dad yeah great great scene spoiler alert yeah right there are a couple of good keanu movies but then you got keanu reeves and uh brom stoker's dracula 
or Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing, and you wonder who he had intimate relations with to get that role because there's no way. He was just misused in Dracula. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He should have been the catering manager. There's there's no, I mean, I, I will say that whoever gets him to be an actor in their movie, the smart thing is to do is to rewrite it and re-storyboard it to fit his strengths. You have and to. And if you look at the movies that have been wildly successful, you can tell they've done that. Right. Well, he is, you know, Bill and Ted, he could play that throughout, throughout all eternity, but don't give him a British accent. You know, just just don't. Don't don't give him Shakespeare. Um, he, he can't do it. And, you know, I love well, the Well, I think he can do it. You just have to write it to have it work for him. It cannot be denied, but I'm plain dealing villain, dude. We there could you do go. It. Yeah, we could rewrite Shakespeare for Keanu. I mean, it takes a special talent to be Bill and Ted. You know, and I, I actually agree with you on that. that. Non-ironically, I say you're absolutely right. Not a lot of people could have played him. They're doing a, a project. Did you hear about this? No. Yeah, they're, they're doing, doing uh, Bill and Ted's coming back. But oh, really? I, they haven't really announced the details to where I don't know if it's a full feature length movie or if it's a rebrand or something. But I do know the original uh, Theodore and uh, what's his name? Was it uh, Theodore, uh, Ted, Preston, Theodore Preston. Bill S. Preston. Bill S. Preston. Bill S. Preston the, those two actors have signed on. I wonder if it's going to have like their kids too, because at the end of the second movie, they come out with with their kids strapped to their backs. Well, you know what they need to do. Uh, this is my advice to those movie people: is get the writers of Rick and Morty, and because you could totally take the idea, the premise of Bill and Ted, and apply the Rick and Morty premise where they go travel around different galaxies because they got the phone booth, you know, and they're going around different places. So you don't have to be as gruesome as Rick and Morty, but you can you can write the fun and the the fast pace of conversation and keep moving and because that's one thing i liked about the bill and ted movies is they kept moving and it, it every scene was a little different especially number two like that's when it went real to me because it's like oh this has opened up a whole nother world mm -hmm. that we can do with bill and ted right and god help me i loved the uh the scene where they're doing the star trek fight scene in those actual quarry where they would fight film the star trek fight scenes Classic. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's smart writing. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves, you can't. I'm. I can argue this. How good he is. He's a great actor. He can't deny it. He makes a lot of money. He bring. He brings the movies. He, he brings the people to money. the movies. Yes. Button the seats. Uh -huh. And then he's always somehow escaping crit criticism outside, like really Dracula. And much ado about nothing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Those are like the two. Although I'm one of the four people of, who actually watched. Think, that, think so. about that, and think about the whole spectrum of actors and actresses. So you're, you're basically saying out of all the movies he's made, two movies are bad. Point break. Performance. No, his performance is he's classic oh, Johnny Utah. Kill me now. He's classic. Especially like he it's almost like he acts when he has fifty pounds of hair on him, but he doesn't. So like when he like turns around and he's like, hey! and it, it his whole body reacts as if he's carrying something on his shoulders. Parenthood, he nailed. The movie Parenthood. Oh yeah. Okay, that that is that's Keanu. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's to, a surprise, actually. When right. I saw, when I saw Parenthood, I was right. like, "Oh man, Keanu Reeves in this." You know what? You're gonna have to complete the winning over of Skippy process to Keanu Reeves, but I'm I'm about a third of the way there, so keep working on it, my young well, friend. Well, let me give you some movies and tell me what you think. Okay, okay? so you have Giant Mnemonic. <laughs> no. Are you serious? You don't like that movie? Uh, I, I saw it 30 years ago, so I got to remember it. It's a great movie. You need to watch it. See, I've uh, kind of sleep off his ways. The, it was the plot. I couldn't could not go with the plot. But he's good. I mean, it's a good. He's good. Okay, he's good. Keep going. Uh, then we're gonna go up 
for how about we get to like around here? We got the Matrix, of course. Mm-hmm. So who's that? Constantine. Awesome. As long as it wasn't constant, the problem is, you know, I, I was all about the the comics. Yeah, and well, he's not so blonde, and he's not yeah, he's we get not it. blonde and British. But other than that, um, I it. liked his character. I will give you that one. So he was really good in that John Wick. That's the most recent successful movie. They he killed in. his dog. My mom is like, Sean, you got to watch this movie, uh, the Keanu Reeves movie. I was like, There's no way I'm watching this. She's like, But no, he goes after the people that shot his dog, and I, I finally watched it. It was it was cool. It had moments, but they he's he, they shot his dog. Well, they that's his wife gave it to him as like a remembrance. Like he needs to start taking. It was his next step of moving on. It was and I, someone I, killed. It him. was a metaphor. I get that, but they shot his dog, and he brutally murders many people. Yeah, because they shot his dog, and somehow they're making three of them. I don't uh, really get uh, it. Oh, there's gonna be number three. There's gonna be no, number three, of course. <laughs> I will watch them. I have to admit. So the Devil's Advocate, you know that movie. I love. It. I'm a Pacino nut. So. so Chain Reaction, that movie was excellent. Morgan Freeman. Mm, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So that movie was top tier, right, right there. Okay. I mean, it's, and then I'm, I'm still looking, and we skip over Dracula. Much to do about nothing. Okay. My mo- my own private Idaho. I didn't see that if, one. That's but that's probably one of his. Good. That's probably one of his more serious movies. Mm-hmm. You need to check that movie's a little weird. Uh, but that, what was the one where he plays the it's the World War II movie where he has to pretend to be someone's pregnant woman's wife or husband? I mean, give me Walk in the Clouds. Walk in the Clouds. It's uh, I don't know. Maybe I need to give him more of a chance. I'm telling you, he. I'm I'm just yeah. letting you know you're gonna win me over. He surprises you? you every time. <laughs> and a lot of people don't think of it. That can't be denied. Well, no, people are like, he's just a one, one shot, a one-sided actor. And I'm like, well, he somehow is so brilliant that one side in the end always comes out to be, you know, a lot different than what you think. So he's turning a weakness into a strength. Yeah, he's okay. smart. You're listening to Morning's Lone Star. We're talking Keanu Reeves. Next segment, we'll talk a little bit of Nicolas Cage. I can defend Nicolas Cage, too, all day. Uh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger and how, you know, you put these actors in your movies. You can do it with some lady actresses, too. I can show you the, you know, the pattern. Bring it, my friend. Bring so, it. So uh, there's some female actresses that just know. Like Glenn Close just <laughs> knows. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, that, I, I like her a lot. All the movies she's in, I'm, I'm there. You're listening to Mornings of Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com, and we're also can call in 936-647-3776. Let me know what your favorite Nicolas Cage movie or Keanu Reeves movie is, and uh, we'll talk about it more. And uh, we'll be back. Stick around. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936 Conroe C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at ConroeCoffee.com. All right, we're back with Morning's Lone Star. I got, I got a question for uh, Skippy over here. He's an actor, mm-hmm. or an actor's actor, or whatever you want to call it. So he does have a little bit more of an edge when it comes to acting. 
Uh, I'm hardcore. Uh, well, you know, you have to respect an expert in the field, and you've acted. You've been acting for pretty much a long time since since 1970. Became a biped. Once I, yeah, once I became a biped. So, uh, and it's funny talking about Keanu Reeves because as an actor's actor, what would you say right now about Keanu Reeves' acting ability as an actor? I, if I were directing Keanu, let's say if I were directing a, a, a theater piece and, and he came to audition, I would my notes would be uh, flat delivery, good looks, um, stoic, not not very expressioned in the face, um, but something I could work with. He looks kind of sleepy eyed. Some sometimes he just looks like he's kind of sleepwalking through a movie. Um, he's got resting rest face. Oh yeah, that's probably why he was chosen for Dracula. Right, because he's supposed to be stoic, but this, the accent just, just just killed me. I would like to see Keanu actually in a stage play, to be honest, because movies, you're supposed to understate everything. You know, stage acting and film acting, they're polar opposites. In a movie, you know, the camera's in your face, so all you got to do is cock an eyebrow or just squint your eyes just a bit and you speak volumes. On stage, you're supposed to go the exact opposite. You're supposed to be loud and project and work your face so the audience in the back row can see what's going on. And maybe that's it. Keanu takes uh, the movie aspect of understating to the extreme. Maybe in the proper venue, I you could you told me to let him in, and he I, works if if they're smart about it. He's been. It's funny in the past five years, he's been in a lot of movies, but not movies where they say Keanu Reeves is the main actor, basically. So he, it's interesting. His movie choices is extreme. It's it's interesting. So for example, like in 2016, The Neon Demon. He's in that movie, and people – the Neon Demon is that uh, – the guy who did Drive. Oh, okay. This was the follow-up movie to Drive. So okay. that's where basically that that's where the uh, publicity was hit is the the director and also the actress. It's about ladies, so there's a bunch of ladies in it. But then Keanu Reeves is a little, little role in it. Mm -hmm. And then he's also uh, To the Bone, that Netflix movie about anorexia. Mm -hmm. He's in it, but in like little, little roles. And that's a very interesting point because let's compare contrast to Tom Cruise. We were talking about the sequel for your uh, Schwarzenegger, all Schwarzenegger movie would be an all Tom Cruise movie. So you'd have Lestat and Jack Reacher all, you know, working with each other. But every movie poster of a Tom Cruise movie, it's Tom Cruise's face, whether it's profile for Mission Impossible or pretty much every other movie, it's face on the firm and Interview with the Vampire and all these other movies, you know, it's always Tom Cruise's face. It's a Tom Cruise movie. Keanu Reeves, I think very few of his posters, the official movie posters, feature or highlight his face. You know, you got him and Swayze on Point Break kind of mm -hmm. looking off manly into the That's sunset. That's a great movie. I can't believe. I can't. Oh, I'm sorry. You and, need and to watch it. When's the last time you watch it? When it came out, I actually paid money in the cinema. That's great. That's good money because they somehow made a, the sequel, I mean, the prequel. Are you the, telling me that I'm responsible for the sequel, the, remo the, no, the reboot? No. Well, par and par partially, yes. I want my money back. Uh, but you really need to give that movie another chance because Patrick Swayze is such a good actor. Well, yeah, that's why I watched it. And he was good in it. He was, it, man, now I want to see it. Okay, I'll watch it with you. That, now I want to see it. No, we were talking Nick Cage, and you and I are going to be on the same page on this one. I'm a Nick Cage fan uh, because he can take any character – and there's a certain class of actor on the planet that I really like. I'm a huge William Shatner fan because he is exactly who he is. It's always Shatner playing so-and-so. Shatner's playing Kirk. Shatner's playing T.J. Hooker. Shatner's yes. playing the guy on the, the airplane in Twilight Zone. 
it, it's you know what you're going to get. I've read his autobiographies, and he's incredibly self-aware. He knows who he is. He knows what people think. But, I mean, the man actually paid his dues. And I find Nick Cage is, is kind of the same way. He's His characters are wildly different. You know, his character in Peggy Sue Got Married is not um, the character from Con Air, but they're both quintessential Nick Cage. And so I, I dig that. It, it's, he always had something to it. I would have killed to have seen him play Superman. You, that documentary came yeah, out. Where oh, they, yeah. They saw the footage, and I watched it, and I saw him in the costume, and it was so radically different. And I think what would have sold it, it's not so much a Superman character, but how he decided to play Clark Kent. And it was a kind of a floppy trilby hat, um, a T-shirt, like a Mickey Mouse T-shirt with uh, sandals and cargo shorts. You know, a... a a, you're, you're looking up the picture of him as Clark Kent. It was so radically different, and he would have been so obviously Clark Kent slash Superman that the you know the other actors just there's no way they could have pretended he wasn't. Sometimes it's the character choices he makes. In Con Air, I thought his character was awesome, but there's no way that Army Ranger is going to let his hair grow out like that and and stubble when he's going to go meet his wife and daughter for the first time in five years. You know, so. That was a, an artistic choice that probably was out of his hands. But the characters are awesome. I loved him in The Rock. Total nerd. Um, but look up the Superman pictures. You'll see what I'm talking about. I see about. the Superman picture. I'm trying to find the Clark Kent versions. It uh, is very brief. He, he's only in the costume very briefly. But I, I swear it was like a it was a T-shirt, like a Mickey Mouse T-shirt with a, like a, a linen sports coat over it and, and jeans and sandals or cargo shorts and sandals. Um very, very, because he had the long hair. This is, this is back when it was. So what happened to it? Uh, it was the whole Superman dies and his reborn story when they were rebooting Superman, and that's what it was going to be. And the topic was so um, radical. It was that his costume was actually a regeneration chamber, like a portable regeneration chamber, which would explain how Cage could suddenly grow a whole bunch of muscles. Um, and the documentary... What sold the documentaries, you had the footage of him in the in the costume fitting for the Superman costume and what he wanted to do with the character. And it just, you know, some movies just, something happens. Uh, it, it, it The timing was right, though. The financing fell through. Uh, Terry Gilliam is an expert of, of just starting a movie and not being able to finish it. And he started this movie with Johnny Depp uh, called um, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Mm -hmm. And on the first day of shooting, that night, the worst storm in like 500 years ripped through their area and that washed everything be, away. Uh, the norm. Right? <laughs> and so they had to shut down production for a month. And then when they came back, they, they tried picking up where they left off and realized that all the water had changed all the colors of the landscape. So they had all the footage wasn't usable. So they had like one hour's worth of footage for like five minutes worth of movie. And... He finally had to just stop making the movie. They actually did a documentary called Lost in La Mancha that talks about it. And that that one got completed. The documentary about the failed movie was a lot better than the movie that didn't get made. What ifs? What ifs? That's right. Fringe alternate universe. I'm telling you, somewhere, the man who killed Don Quixote got made and Nick Cage was Superman. You ever seen Vampire Kiss? Yes, yes. That's, that's, the one. that's the pinnacle of Nicolas Cage. Oh, that's right. That was also his turning point, because that's the one, if I remember correctly, where he ate the cockroach, for real. Yeah. And no, I think it was a pigeon. Was it, uh, he ate something for he ate, real? He ate a pigeon in the movie. Okay. I remember that. But I, I think, uh, and he freaked out his co-stars, and they're like, I can't work with him, because he was trying to be method or something. And he, he actually had this uh, epiphany that 
I'm going to weird myself out of a job. And I actually saw an interview where he talked about saying, I realized I was going too far and I was on this, this path. And he kind of turned it around and that's where he became kind of a lovable, act, the anti-hero, you mm -hmm. know, the nerd in The Rock where you, you could, uh, or the uh, Raising Arizona, the, the, the sad sack bank robber and kind of turned it around. Well, it's amazing how fast his career jump started after leaving Las Vegas. Because mm. if people don't really think of timeline-wise, he won an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas, and the next movie he did, which is probably being filmed during the same time, was The Rock. Wow, great timing. So that's what I'm saying. So it's kind of like— Struck while the iron was hot. Yes, Unlike Cuba Gooding Jr. Sorry, who, man. <laughs> he just he just disappeared. Right. But uh, yeah, because like Vampire Kiss was 1988. Okay. Uh, and then he was in Time to Kill afterwards, which kind of— he, I don't think uh, that was a TV movie. I think it was, but uh, he, his movies from there didn't go anywhere to leave in Las Vegas, really. And uh, it was, it's very interesting. That's where it started. Because look at the, look, look, here's the timeline, just to give you an idea. Leaving Las Vegas, The Rock, Con Air, Face Off, City of Angels, all back to back. Those are all the movies wow. he came out with. So there was a solid two to three years of just him being in bigger movies that did were successful. Uh, then it started going down. Then he did Snake Eyes. Uh, then he was eight millimeter. Yeah, and those movies weren't they like identical? It, Pretty much. I yeah. mean, I watched them both. It's like I could have sworn I just watched the other one. And then he was in some weird. Like then it went from God in sixty seconds, The Family Man, and then Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Mm -hmm. And then the, basically he kind of jumped jumped off from there. And then he kind of he did Lord of War. And oh, well, here here's pretty good right here. This is a good adaptation. Mm -hmm. Then the Matchstick Men, mm -hmm. the National Treasure, Lord of War, the Weatherman, all right there. He seems to have a good, you know, a lot of yeah, big stretch. name stars have ups and downs, and you know they've lost as much money as they've made. But Nick Cage seems to have that staying power, and his characters, on the whole, I'm, I just, I, I like, I relate to them. He's very relatable as an actor, um, as opposed to maybe sometimes Cruz just kind of, he's so much. Cruz is so much into the uh, Tom Cruise, so much into the stunts and stuff that there's no way. You can kind of connect with that. But uh, Nick Cage, yeah, I'm a fan. Me too. We're going to take a quick break here on Warren's and Lone Star talking horrible actors, but I'm glad we have the actors actor in the studio <laughs> with Skippy telling us what's right, what's wrong. Coming up next is going to be our last segment. Uh, stick around. We're going to learn about what's happening around town with the uh, uh, Woodlands Arts in the Park and other fun stuff. So stick around for that. You're listening to Warren's and Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com. We'll be right back. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936 Conroe C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at ConroeCoffee.com. We are back. Mornings with Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. Guess which one I am? You got it right. Yeah. yeah awesome. Smart audience. Good audience. They're good audience. 
go get donuts on us. Come to the Conroe Coffee House, get some coffee, and tell them we sent you. Uh, so we've got a uh, like actor track today. Uh, Dick and I, we, we well, sent- we got the ticket set coming up, so I'm getting mentally prepared for that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Dick and I, we, you know, believe it or not, sometimes we fly by the seat of our pants on on this one when it hits ten o'clock. Uh, we'll look at the news. We'll we'll jot down some topics, but we just kind of go free form and see. You know, what we come up with or what the listeners come up with and people who, you know, call or write in or text, uh, you know, props to my wife for uh, earlier today keeping me straight on a couple of things I, I got wrong, believe it or not. So, uh, yeah, we have an audience and they interact. Yay. MW Lone Star Facebook, 936-647-3776. There we are. So we're on Facebook. We're on the Internet. We're on an app. We're on a phone line. Um but so we've talked about Nick Cage and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves. Yeah, of course. Um, I, maybe we should talk about something that's not like, you know, actor related, although I'm liking the, the, the track we're taking here. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, speaking of acting, there's some great local acts, acting gigs happening around town. Let me take a few seconds to talk about them. Okay. Both the Conroe Theaters are, are just really bringing it this weekend uh, over at the Crichton Theater. It's Noises Off, in fact, which I will be going to tomorrow night. I got my seats in the balcony, and uh, it's a nice adult comedy about the backstage shenanigans of a slamming door comedy. And if you've ever been on stage or wondered what happens backstage, this is the show to come see it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And tickets are going fast. I got stuck in the balcony because apparently I waited too long. And then over at the Owen Theater, uh, they got Disney's Beauty and the Beast. So you bring the whole family for this one. All weekend long, and of course, you know, you have Mrs. Potts and Lumiere and uh, Cogsworth and, of course, Beast and Bell. And the actors, uh, I've met the actors. They're really awesome. going to be a great show. But on Sunday evening, 4 o'clock, why don't you head on over to Rob Fleming Park in the Woodlands, which is kind of between Kirkendall and Gosling on Creekside. Uh, nice outdoor venue, big park, playground, amphitheater. And it has Arts in the Park. And at 7, that will include... Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet set in the late 70s, early 80s, the dawn of the disco era. So that's right. You will watch grown actors do the hustle. And not ironically either. I mean, it'll be really nice. And it's free, which is my favorite color. So come see that. Rob Fleming Park Sunday from 4 to 9, but be there at 7 for Romeo and Juliet. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot, a lot of, of fun. stuff's going on. Great this weekend. weekend. So a lot of live theater. A lot of live theater. There's always something good going on. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that most community theaters are all volunteer or, or primarily volunteer. The actors, the musicians, the directors, the producers, the, the choreographers, uh, they do it for love of putting it on. And unlike weekend sports, and I've got nothing against weekend sports, but you have a team, they win or they lose, you know, and you don't get to interact. You just watch them and, you know, call the plays from your armchair. But theater, it's a different show every night. You never know what could go wrong or go right, and the actors feed off the audience and vice versa. And uh, be sure to check out Conroe Scenes uh, for music and acting because there's a lot going on. There we go. That's it. Is that the end right there? I think I've talked enough about that. That's Arts. perfect. All Arts right. rock. Again, uh, you're listening to Mornings of Lone Star. We're hanging out. What, uh, you got anything else on your plate that you want to get off for tomorrow? Um. Well, I will – I'm – Going to be leaving the hotel this weekend. we got to be out by Monday. So uh, I'm going to give a prop to uh, Magnolia Inn. I, they gave me their last room, and I've been enjoying the heck out of the jacuzzi that's in the room. So uh, I will miss it. I may have to order that room from time to time. 
uh, maybe for an anniversary and just have fun with the jacuzzi. But uh, I won't miss the trip in early in the morning. Uh, my trip will get a lot shorter. And I'm interested to go to my house today to see how dry indeed it is now. Yeah, I guess a lot of people are in their same boat uh, as you because bush. <laughs> in the same boat. Uh, due to Harvey and things like that. And I've been reading FEMA's been doing doing well in the local area. Yeah. Uh, getting money to people and getting the services people need. Uh, They're doing what they can with what they have and actually being very effective with it. Um, um, people are now waiting for the trash to get picked up. And I know there's a lot of complaints. Oh, there's still trash outside my yard. Uh, I just encourage people to think how many people got affected by this, how many tons of trash there are. And the trash is still out in my front yard too, furniture and 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 a drywall and I know they're going to get to it as soon as they can. Uh, people working really hard, a lot of volunteers, a lot of people who just didn't sign up for this, but are answering the call. So if you got affected by Harvey, be patient. I'm right there with you. If you're one of the Harvey cleanup crew, my hat's off to you. I have a soft spot for anybody who does the things I'm just not quite willing to do, including first responders. <laughs> but uh, it's a slow process and especially the other parts of the world are getting hit right now by Maria. Right. We got to send out props to Mexico City. They got nailed with a with an earthquake. Like 8.2 megaton or something like that. Yeah, it was a, something uh, insane. Yeah, 7.2 on the Richter scale and just to put it in perspective, if you ever saw the 70s movie Earthquake with like Lauren Green and Charlton Heston, that was a 7.2. So same kind of a earthquake in a disaster movie. Uh got a lot of people going on that one and of course we've got Puerto Rico uh completely without power. The entire nation is without power. So uh, obviously they're, they're not listening to us right now, but we are sending warm, fuzzy thoughts towards them. And hopefully all the storms will suddenly turn back in the ocean and just do what storms do best away from land. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. And unfortunately, we don't really know anything until it's too late when it comes to other areas. Like Puerto Rico is going to be without power for, you know, months. Yeah, and they're getting nailed. Dominican Republic is next on the list. So uh, hopefully you guys make it because uh, I love your cigars and I like my cigars dry. So there's that. Keep safe, Dominican Republic. You know, we, we do have to take a quick break. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, when we return, we'll be talking a little bit about next week and leading up for tomorrow's show on Friday. So stick around. You're listening to Mornings of Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936 Conroe C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at ConroeCoffee.com. We are back. Coming up on our final segment of Mornings with Lone Star on a Thursday and Dig be jamming. To the romantics, our bumper music. Uh, new listeners may not know, but we kind of make up our bumper music on the spot every morning. We don't know what we're going to play, but we stick with it and we commit to it. So hats off to the one-hit wonders, the romantics. Just <laughs> messing with you. Yeah, right? It's like, well, I just went off the air. But uh, yeah, we've been talking a lot about actors today and stuff and things that are going on around town. One more thing going around town on a 
just really quick, Saturday, uh, there's a local nonprofit called Panther Creek Inspiration Ranch, mm -hmm. and they do horse therapy for special needs uh, kids and adults. They're awesome people. I pretty much live across the street from them, and they got hit with uh, flooding like I did. But um, they have their gala coming up on Saturday evening, Denim and Diamonds Gala. So, yeah, blue jeans and, and you know, diamond necklaces. Uh, great program, great gala. Go to, I think it's PCIRanch.org for uh, more information uh, about the, uh, the gala. I'm going to pop in there on Saturday evening. So we might see you there. But we're also talking about the uh, um, uh, the wiretapping thing going on in the news. Yeah. I still don't Shock. get it. I'm still kind of, no, I still don't get it. Okay. So. So the feds were wiretapping. But how does this come out? So this is what I don't get about this, these news sources and the leaks and all this kind of stuff. Is mm -hmm. Where does this come from? Where did this information come from that is what I was talked about a couple of days ago? Well, it was an official FBI investigation, so sooner or later it's going to come out. So FBI has a procedure where it's like, hey, every Wednesday we come to the public and put out, this is what we've investigated. Uh, no, Freedom of Information Act. So, so, so an individual requested, and then on Wednesday they, get, they go, hey, you got something in your mailbox, man. Here you go. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, great. And then, the, you know, they see it like, oh, wow, they did wiretap. Right, or the, it could be the, that it's, they, do they wiretap wiretap the building? Uh, the the warrant, if I'm reading this, if I read this correctly, the warrant was for uh, Trump's first campaign manager, and uh, that warrant extended into phone lines and surveillance in and around Trump Tower. So when Trump was saying my wires are being tapped, he was, you know, technically correct on that. Um, but there were, uh, of course, the media was just going, oh, he's paranoid. This would never happen because the FBI hasn't said anything. It's not uh, not agreed. Uh, they haven't confirmed this, so obviously it hasn't happened. Well, I believe through a Freedom of Information Act request or just the fact that there's a closed door somewhere in the J. Edgar Hoover building where these guys are saying, you know what? It's about to come out. We need to get ahead of it. And to put out, yes, indeed, there was a wiretap going on. And it'll be interesting to see how... Um, all those who were wailing on the president, and again, it doesn't matter who the president is. You know, this could have been Obama, this could have been Trump, this could have been Nixon or Carter for all I care. Uh, wailing on him about how paranoid he is when he was right. Can the media, are they able to say, like I did earlier with getting the Bridges of Madison County and the Horse Whisperer confused, can they say, oops, we screwed up? Well, let's see, I don't know if they need to say that. That's what I was saying because they report. It's not. It's it's one of those gray areas. It's seen when reading it because they weren't technically wiretapping the. But Trump, Trump. What, tr the Trump organization and the Trump campaign was being wiretapped. So and Trump well, said just the individual was. So basically, anything they no, did, it wasn't just like not his cell phone. That was it. He was under total surveillance. So they were following him. They were tailing him. They were uh, recording his conversations, his calls. And believe me, they did not stop as soon as he walked in through the doors of Trump Tower. So technically, Trump was correct. He, he phrased it wrong. And, and now you could say, well, you know, broken clock is right twice a day. But um, indeed, he was being wiretapped in some way, shape or form. But no one's going to get in trouble because it, do people get in trouble or are we just or is everyone making a big fuss because of was what, what was stated well, back no. back with? Right, not the wiretap itself because it was a legal investigation. So, um, well, that's if they use any of the information, right? Now, if the, if the information is misused, 
uh, or disseminated illegally, then yeah, it's not. But the the, well, the warrant for the wiretap itself was legal and proper. But basically, that's what the unmasking thing comes down to. It's where if I get a report about this investigation with this individual, but on the report, there's other people on it, they'll black it out. Basically. Right, they'll redact it. And the unmasking, now that was from the Obama administration. That was well, from the White House. Well, I know that was something different, but I'm trying to understand the process of like, the, that's right. why it's really not that big of a deal. Well, it is that um, there's supposed to be redactions uh, and and not everyone is entitled to know everything despite popular opinion. There's reason why some things are classified top secret or ultra top secret or eyes only. Um, you, not everyone has a right to know everything. Transparency does not mean we're going to tell you how, you know, the secret sauce is made. Uh, Colonel Sanders recipe is a secret and rightfully so. So is Coca-Cola. You know, you don't have a right to know it because it's not your business. Um, and somewhere that seems gotten lost along the way. So you're saying that's what they, that's what Trump could come on, but it's just none of your business. None of your business. Uh, but to take information that is classified and to disseminate it to people who aren't cleared for classified information is wrong. And uh, we were talking yesterday about whistleblowers. And when a whistleblower does that, he stops being a whistleblower and starts being a felon. And so there's a line you just yeah. shouldn't cross. That's, ser that's serious. Yeah, serious stuff. See, we start off with uh, Last Action Hero and Schwarzenegger movies all rolled into one and end up on some serious political smack talk by Skippy and Dick. That's right. We're going to be back tomorrow morning, folks. So we're going to be wrapping this segment up. Coming up next is going to be Montgomery County Lifestyle here on Ireland.com with Nathan Arizati. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube. Just look at Mornings of Lone Star on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. We do podcasts, the nitty-gritty part of the show. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 8-ish. And uh, stick around. Thank you for our sponsors. We have uh, Morning. Uh, I want to say Mornings of Lone Star ourselves. Uh, no, it would be Conroe Coffee. That's who our morning sponsor is. Check them out next door. Delicious coffee. Awesome coffee. Awesome coffee. There you go. That's what I mean. They do what their name does. You know, <laughs> that's great. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio. We're going to be shifting over to Montgomery County Lifestyle shortly. So stick around. Thanks for checking us out. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respected video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936-647-3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas, at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images.